Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. All right, folks, Jeremy Evans here, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. A pleasure to uh, be with you. Today is Monday, December 28th, 2020. This is episode 52 of season two. This is our last episode for the year of 2020, which has been a very interesting and trying year to say the least. Um, But obviously happy to be alive, happy to be kicking and uh, happy to be with you uh, for another episode of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. So today's episode, I think, is a very interesting topic. I've actually written an article on this topic as well. And uh, a lot of other uh, columnists and and folks uh, in the entertainment media sports space have uh, been discussing it. And it's this idea of sort of sports drive to appeal to a broader audience. And this is no different than any other business, right? You know, when you're looking at this idea of businesses looking for ways to grow their customers. And uh, this is something that is done in every industry. And some industries and some businesses do it better than others. At the end of the day, uh, uh, life is finite, meaning that you live for a period of time and then it's over, right? So uh, customers need to continue to come in from all different demographics. And this is something that is particularly hitting the sports industry, where you have uh, Generation X, uh, which I believe is under 36 years old or under, I think under 33 years old. And then you have sort of these younger populations, um, you know, in say in the the 14 to, you know, 21 age range who are not necessarily following along with your traditional sort of sports consumption. They're a group that does not necessarily like to sit down and watch uh, live sports, particularly sitting, sitting around and watching three to four hours of a football game or a baseball game, or particularly in, you know, football where you might have, um, you know, very limited action when you're talking about, uh, you know, actually, you know, uh, plays going on versus timeouts and commercial breaks and dead time where I think it's like 28 minutes of actual play time during a 60 minute football game. So it's, it's something that I think today you're more likely to see the younger audience looking at ways to consume sports uh, very quickly, uh, whether it be through statistics or whether it be through fantasy sports through esports to whether you're engaging in sports, but you're not, you know, you're more likely to play an esport sort of 
or be a, be a gamer versus being somebody who sits on a couch and watches a football game. Even myself, I mean, I haven't had cable television for years. And this is going back, you know, 10 years at least to where I've always done the streaming thing or, or used my phone to catch up on the scores or what have you. And if I do watch a game, it's usually at um, a friend's house or I'm out, you know, watching the game somewhere at a restaurant or I'm at the game live. Right. And so um, I'll sort of get my statistics, you know, in terms of, you know, who did what and how, you know, how everything was going in sports, usually through apps or through the news. And I think that's sort of uh, pretty prevalent amongst the younger population. Um, And so how does sports keep up with all of that? And Nielsen did a great report on this in 2020. Nielsen obviously being the the uh, entity that sort of looks at um, the anal- the numbers and analytics as to uh, viewership. And uh, this is something that Nielsen going forward is now going to be, I think it's through Nielsen One, which is a sort of grouping opportunity where they're going to be taking in uh, statistics from viewership numbers from uh, watching games, you know, uh, at bars and restaurants. Something that was not done in the past. And obviously looking at streaming numbers in addition to cable television. So numbers on sports will be very interesting as these begin to come in and to see if um, these numbers, uh, viewership numbers have actually been going down and, or, and whether they've been going down in certain areas and up in others. But I think overall sports viewership uh, has been going down. Uh, particularly in some of the more bigger and the major sports, uh, let's say like football and baseball. So we're going to see how this plays out, right? But obviously having a dwindling uh, population, uh, specifically a younger population, not interested in live sports presents issues, right? And this is why Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball, the commissioner has looked at introducing a pitch clock and having a three batter minimum for relief pitchers you know, this sort of thing, right, uh, to speed up the game. Football has looked to ways to do split, you know, split screens for commercials. Baseball's done the same thing. Just ways to speed up the game, right? So, you know, sort of history is really kind of uh, replete with businesses that have failed to attract the next generation. And uh, sports is, is, is not immune from this. So uh, looking at kind of the landscape, we can see that, uh, what some of the sports properties are doing. Well, if you look over at CBS, uh, they have, there's a great article in the Hollywood Reporter talking about how they're teaming up with, and they obviously have a NFL package, and they're teaming up with Nickelodeon, the sort of kid, kid-faced, kid kid-focused brand uh, with regard to cartoons and other content uh, to do some NFL playoff programming. Now, obviously, this is not going to be a cartoon, you're not going to have SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, uh, in in the booth, but you are going to have maybe some overlays of Nickelodeon uh, with SpongeBob SquarePants and some of the other uh, product and brands that Nickelodeon has uh, throughout the broadcast. It's also why Amazon owned Twitch, which is mainly for gamers uh, and sort of a social engagement platform, has uh, also been sort of broadcasting and streaming games and having. Uh, they literally have a NFL channel and they have other channels on there that you can sort of check out in terms of content. Uh, it's why platforms like Twitch and YouTube and uh, Bleacher Report 
and social media sort of applications have looked to uh, stream content, uh, sp uh, specifically sports, to reach a sort of growing audience, maybe it be esports or what have you, where again, you might find these folks to enjoy gaming over watching a live professional game uh, on television. So it's just meeting with the consumer where they're at and following the trends, right? And what they're interested in. I remember attending a uh, lecture a few years back with Stan Kasten, who's the uh, uh, one of the presidents of the Dodgers organization. And he had this sort of great line where he was saying, you know, I don't want fans to just watch Dodger games on television through cable and satellite. I want them to watch on their phones and on their, you know, follow the scores on their, 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 um, uh, their Apple watches and whatever it might be, right. Their iPads, your surfaces, whatever it might be that you can follow along. And this is true, right? Because, uh, at the end of the day, people obviously not during a pandemic, but people are traveling and people are out and about and, uh, especially in families where you maybe have one TV or two TVs and maybe it's, you know, nice to have your, your phone next to you as you're following a score on one game or, uh, following another, you know, television show or whatever, you know, you, you have options, right? So I think that's where the industry is kind of going and looking for ways to provide options to people. Uh, and sort of interesting in that vein as well is that, you know, we can see where, uh, professional sports teams have invested into esports teams. Uh, to where uh, you have gamers sort of getting interested in the sports property that eventually maybe bleeds over into watching a live game, right? It also helps with marketing. There's also been a consolidation in the gaming industry where you have certain gaming companies buying up other gaming companies because they're looking for intellectual property. They're looking for uh, ways to turn some of that IP into monetization, right? And uh, this all leads to how do you how do you engage younger audiences? Uh, frankly, how do you engage the next audience? Right? You know, if you if you've got your sort of solid base of folks who uh, love live sports, well, eventually that solid base will dwindle, right? As as people pass on, as you know, uh, people's interests change, and and so they have to look for ways to engage the next audience. And, and in this case, it's the younger audience, right? Now, another way that sports brands are looking to grow viewership numbers, um, even amongst the most sort of resolute fans, uh, and this is sort of interesting because this is sort of during a time when people are spending a lot of time at home and a lot of time virtually, uh, that whole stand casting comment really comes into play of, you know, having multiple um pardon the pun, but surfaces to watch a uh, game or to engage with content. And in that sort of idea, a lot of uh, this is sort of where you get this sort of team up of entertainment, media and sports is you have this sort of behind the scenes content where you have athletes who are becoming like reality television stars and you're sort of doing behind the scenes content. You know, you're following a player as he's entering the draft, you're uh, looking at a specific team for an HBO special. Um, you know, look at the Tom Brady special that's coming out. I think it's on, uh, it's either Amazon or Netflix. Tiger Woods has got one coming out. Obviously, there was the Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. You know, there's a lot of this content that people really want to see. They want to engage with it. They want to know more about their athletes that they like and they they look up to, right? 
This has also been the case with podcasting, where you have a lot of athletes looking at podcasting and looking for ways to engage with more content. And this is something that people enjoy doing because you can, you know, watch audio of podcasting. You can, you know, you can view view audio and visual or video of podcasting. There's all kinds of podcasts. And and frankly, it's follows that same line of, you know, content being uh, somewhat free or really inexpensive. And that's something that a lot of the streamers are trying to grapple with because, as people have gotten used to, you know, heading over to YouTube to watch a quick clip or a rerun of something, um, they might be less in, determined to go out and purchase uh, a streaming uh, um, sort of aspect to a show or to a game, right? So it's looking for ways to engage people with content, maybe having advertising mixed with engagement to keep people engaged and not turn them off with too many commercials. Uh, but trying to find that balance between cost and free. And it's something that I think some of these um, streamers like Disney Plus and Hulu and others have done a pretty good job with in terms of teaming up with mobile. And you have, you know, the AT&Ts and the, the T-Mobiles and the Verizons who have gotten, you know, Netflix for free or Hulu for free with an account, that sort of thing. Disney Plus for free for, you know, for a year or so, get people hooked into the content. So these are all just different ways of how uh, sports brands are using uh, distribution strategies and merger strategies to try to appeal to a broader audience and try to get people at you know where they're sitting. You know, so for example, you're trying to go after a younger audience that maybe leans more towards gaming. Perfect move to go towards you know Twitch. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, interestingly enough. Back in 2018, Nielsen also did a report on the sports industry. And what's interesting about that is uh, that particular report in 2018, and you can uh, look this up on the internet, Google it, whatever, uh, what have you, but there's a ton of reports out there from Nielsen on this. They do one every year. And this particular one in 2018 talked about fans under the age of 50 uh, by a sports more than 70% margin or percentage uh, said that uh, they wanted to see more content and more involvement in the community by the sports property, by the, by the, the franchise. Now, it's an interesting statistic, right? Because I would, and I think it could be argued, that prior to 2020, that 70 plus percent was referring to um, philanthropy issues, you know, the Dodgers building baseball diamonds for communities, um, whether the team was a green focused and looking at ways to be sustainable, uh, whether teams were investing in more than just beer and wine and uh, cigarette companies, right? Obviously, cigarettes are not something that's around anymore these days, but this is something that was obviously big in the 50s and 60s um, until some of the science came around on some of that in terms of the health uh, effects of it. But I think uh, obviously 2020 brought out social issues. And then of course, so teams have been focused on that. Now, what the future holds is yet to be seen on where this goes from here. But I, and in terms of this whole idea of um, looking to a broader audience and obviously teams uh, would pivot, uh, you know, but if you look from 2018 to present, more teams have gotten involved in their community and there's been more focus on that. 
And I think even in 2020, there's been more focused on philanthropy and social issues. But again, sort of what does the future hold with that? I think that's yet to be seen. But I think if you look at some of the press and what sports properties have done, I think that, um, you know, for the most part, people look at sports as an escape, right? Uh, they, they watch them for the sake of enjoying them. And uh, NBA commissioner Adam Silver has even said that he's going to be seeking a return to focus on just sports content in 2021 and beyond. Uh, and, you know, as it turns out, it, and this is really unsurprising based on viewership preferences and past history, sports is a lot like entertainment. It's meant for that purpose. It's meant to entertain. Um, and anything beyond that in 2020 has been met with decreasing viewership numbers. There was a great article um, by the undefeated uh, great publication that talked about NFL viewership uh, down until he suggests that was over protest. And now obviously the league, uh, the leagues in those different circumstances cited other reasons. There may be some arguments for that, but I think the reality of it is, is that viewership numbers have been down uh, with the increase in social protest. And so I think obviously leagues are going to react to that. I think leagues need to find sports properties need to find a balance between social and philanthropy issues, but also with the product on the field, right? Uh, at the end of the day, um, the reality of it is, is a team that wins is going to be more successful uh, in terms of putting uh, fans in seats, whether virtually or, or in person, so to speak, uh, than the team that's in last place. So I think at the end of the day, um, it, sports still has the appeal uh, of, um, you know, when you win, it matters, right? And being successful matters and, and clearly engagement goes up. So we'll see how that plays out in the future. I think overall people like choices and uh, they want freedom in what they watch. And I think which has led to really the golden age of content distribution. I've written an article on this via Sports Radio America um, that uh, I think could be helpful to a lot of people talking about uh, the power of distribution and, and where it's going. I still think the most avid sports fans, entertainment fans will say that they appreciate the unpredictability of a storyline and consistency of quality. And if that doesn't define what sports entertainment is, I don't know what does, right? Because in a day sports is great because you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. You can guess all day long. This is probably what makes, you know, sports betting so much fun for people. Um, you know, I'm not into sports betting myself, but uh, it's, it's something that uh, I think people enjoy it because of that. It's unpredictable. You're taking a gamble, right? Uh, I think people enjoy it because you don't know what's going to happen. Not, not much different from a television show. You can take a guess. You can look at the stats, the analytics, and sort of what's going on and, you know, read the tea leaves, so to speak. But I think ultimately people appreciate the unpredictability of storyline and consistency of quality. I also think that Americans in particular don't like being forced to watch something. Uh, I've never thought that's been a part of American sports and entertainment. I think when people want their news, they generally want to go to the news. Uh, when they watch their sports, they want to watch their sports and they want to watch their entertainment. I think the companies, the sports brands, the entertainment, the studios, the streamers that deliver content to people based on their interest and location will be very successful. And that should not be surprising, right? I think at the end of the day, that's kind of been consistent from day one as to when you sort of looking for ways to meet the customer where they're at. So 
Anyways, folks, that's this week's episode. Um, This is, again, Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. Hope that you've enjoyed this episode, which is our last for 2020. We'll be back with you in 2021. Again, always appreciate you listening in. Appreciate um, you taking the time to do that and uh, to make the show what it is today. So thanks again, folks. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, and a wonderful new year. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.